it is well with my soul. I, <laughs> sorry, I just kept, at the end of that song, I just wanted to bust out and, I'm still standing better than I ever did. Hey, you can praise the Lord in all circumstances and in all times. Amen? Okay, so we're moving on from our series that we've been in. Um, about, hey, don't, don't be too sad, because pretty much every, every, every message we speak from up here is about you sharing your testimony and, and walking a life worthy of the calling that you received so that others may see the light and come to Jesus. Listen, that's what this life is about. If it wasn't about that, the minute you said, Jesus came into my heart, he would strike you with lightning and take you home. Because that's your eternal home. There is a reason you're still living. And that life is worth the living. Because he lives. Lord, the Lord will come. That day will come. He'll hasten to come and take us to be with him. And, and, and we will live in glory and in, forever. This is the only moment you have. This is the only time you have in the history of eternity to be the light. That's a pretty, pretty exciting place to be, amen? All right, so today we are honoring graduation and our graduates. And so today is kind of going to be a bit of my graduation speech. Um, but uh, it's really for everybody. These are things that I believe, and our graduates, you pay close attention, but everybody else the same. These are things, just a few things that I think are vital to carry with you in your soul forever, for the rest of your life. It's not an exhaustive list, but it is about graduation and about how to live. Now, speaking of graduates, did you know that there is a pirate graduating this year? I know, he's not the valedictorian, he's not in the top of his class, but his grades were in the high C's. Ben. Thank you, Ben. All right. That was my pirate joke for graduate. Oh, that did not go as well as I hoped. So uh, that's true. Thank you. My, what my wife appreciates about me, as long as I'm laughing at my own jokes, life is good. So, so it's true. Uh, all right. So let's jump right in because... Uh, I have three drops of wisdom for you today that I believe the Lord would want to share with us. Let's first go to a couple weeks ago, if you were here, I shared this picture that's about to come up. Talked about, these are hydrangeas. I don't even know what the one on the left is. They are flowers. They are seasonal flowers. And I'm sticking to that story today. They appear in my house for like two weeks, three weeks, and then they disappear. I talked about this in light of evangelism, in light of, like, what, what is the true test of your faith? What is the true display of your faith? Is it when all the flowers are blooming and life is good? Or, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, there's a season where all the flowers, everything falls out, and then the winter comes, and that plant puts all shields up and it, it goes straight to the roots and it protects its roots and it still goes down deep to continue the nutrients. What's the better testimony? When you're telling people that Jesus is good, when you've got flowers all over your life? 
or when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you come out of it and say, Jesus is good. Took this picture yesterday. We move on to my next. Like I said, <laughs> I, 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 this is why I've always struggled with seasonal flowers. Because, like, they're beautiful and you can rejoice. And then two weeks, like, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Like, you, and, and you can't even see the half of it. All the flowers are like this. And my wife went to all the effort to put some new bark down underneath them. And now the bark is covered in dead flowers that have all fallen and are rotting in there. Um, and, and so I wanted to share with you this testimony to bless you. But it does lead me back to our first point today. First thing I want you to remember, graduates, and the rest of us. Memento mori. Remember, you will die. Are you blessed? Remember, you will die. Remember, you will die. This is honestly, everybody look, all joking aside, this is honestly one of the best pieces of godly wisdom and advice I could ever give you. You will die. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Above all else, get wisdom, get understanding. Number your days. Remember you will die. Remember that in good times and remember that in bad times. It's useful. It's helpful. Now, this is going to sound absolutely awful. Um, and so I ask you to forgive me in advance, but, but, but this is the truth of, of where I'm at. Um, this, eight years ago this month, my mom died. Young age, she was only 62. Uh, I was thir 35, young, young guy. Like, like, you better believe I wanted my mom around a lot longer than that. You better believe there's days that, like, I'd like to ask mom, oh. I, she's still in the contacts on my phone sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't text her. So I, I say all that because I, I, I'm about to say something that may disturb you. My mother passing away when I was just 35 years old, was one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. And that sounds absolutely horrendous. And if I could change it, I would. Right? You better believe we prayed for healing. We prayed for all of those things. But it was actually, when I look back, a tremendous gift for me. Because I cannot tell you how many times I, oh, it's, life is hard, or, or, uh, or I'm tempted, or, and, and and the thought occurred, life is so short. It just hits me like a ton of bricks. Why would I sabotage my life and despair my life when, when in reality, like, what am I, I'm 43 now? Right? No. But when I think about it, now I plan to live until I'm 120. I, I, whatever. But the truth is, like, my mom passed away at 62. What if I passed away at 60? That's 19 years from now. That's nothing. 
The last eight years of my life flew by in a flash. And I'm like, no, what? Hold up. Teach us to number our days, O Lord, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Understanding that, that your life is, as we talked about on this earth, is short. It is a blip. Teach us to number our days. Because when I do that, and when I gain that heart of wisdom, that no matter what I'm facing, if it's, if it's a bad thing, hey, this is going to pass and quickly. I don't want to fall into this temptation because you know what? I'm going to die. Life is not, is not too, too long. So you remember this in the good times, and, or in the bad times, but also in the good times. Like, remember to savor those moments. Remember, like, this is beautiful. Take a, take a breath, breathe it in. Because remember, you will die. It also helps you remember to get off your rear and stop being a lazy bum. It's true. Like you, what if I only have 19 years left? What if? I can't be promised even tomorrow, let alone 19, 20, 30 more years. Get off your lazy bum and do what God has put on your heart to do and do it quickly. You see what I'm saying? Like in the hard times, I can be like, oh, this is going to pass. But when I'm like, hey, Xbox is fun. Get off your rear ends. Because God has planted in you a dream and a gift and the things that he has for you to do. And when you have faith, you get up and do them and do them quickly. Because you will die. And when you breathe your last, you will go to glory. But you will have no more opportunity to win people to Jesus, to bring beautiful things to, to, to others, to... to uh, Stand alongside people. It's done. You get glory, but this is your moment. You're going to die. Remember, momento mori, remember, you will die. Ecclesiastes 7, 2 through 4 says this, 2 and 4. It is better to go in the to a house of mourning than to go into a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone, and the living should take it to heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of the fools is in the house of pleasure. Next time you are in deep temptation, go to a funeral. Next time you are on cloud nine, go to a funeral. Remember, this is the destiny of us all. So you live your life for Christ in faith to the fullest. You can get through anything in Christ. I've I, I read that this, this, this phrase comes from a second century Christian in, in the Latin, and essentially what they would do, and I have a picture of this, and, and uh, I've just read this in a few places, when a general was, had, was coming home from a wonderful victorious battle, he would have one of his servants standing beside him saying something on the, along the lines of, remember, you're going to die. Like, this is fleeting. Don't you forget that this is fleeting. You're not a god. Just to remind him, this is fleeting, this is fleeting. And I, I, I don't mean to depress us today, I mean, I do want to give us a sense of urgency that your life is short. You may be 18 right now, you'll be 50 in no, no time at all. I was 18 yesterday. 
And then I looked in the mirror, and I'm like, I, I still got it. <laughs> I still got it. Momento mori. Remember, you will die. Second piece of advice that I want to give us all today may sound a little uh, interesting, but you should always have unanswered prayers. You should have a pile of unanswered prayers at all times. You should be able to list what prayers you have that are unanswered. You should have unanswered prayers. And you should enjoy the process. <laughs> Let me read you Romans chapter 8, verse 24 through 26. It says this, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Now listen, I cannot remember or tell you the last time I prayed for a Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. Because I have one. This is my silly, lighthearted example. But I did. There was a long season where I prayed, like, Lord, I want... It's okay to ask God for anything. Listen, as long as you don't throw a little temper tantrum and pout and pretend like, he has to, like he's a slot machine of some kind. Because the truth is, I could have gone the rest of my life and never gotten one, and I'd still love Jesus. We're okay. It's all good. But I did. I prayed. I'm like, Lord, and if it's not too much trouble... <laughs> Because I, it was just something I, I prayed for it. But to this, this, this was several years ago now that I got one. And there hasn't been a day that's gone by that I'm like, Lord, I really would like a Rubicon. Why? I have one. Who hopes for what they already have? I thank the Lord for what I already have. And that's a good thing. But I no longer have to hope for it because my faith was made sight. Now here's the secret, graduates. And us, much of joy, much of what happiness is, is in the hoping, not in the receiving. I know this sounds completely weird, but the truth is, the best, most wonderful part of a vacation is planning it. It's the most full of anticipation. It's the most full of, oh, it could be any, like, you know what I'm saying? No, I, when I get there to the beach of Hawaii, life is good, I like it, but then I, it's also over. The joy and the happiness, this is why I'm always planning a vacation. It's true, and now I don't have one this summer, I'm like, what am I going to do? Because part of my joy, part of my happiness is in the planning and the looking forward. It puts me in a position of looking and longing and, and expecting. Who hopes for what they already have? Nobody, because you already have it. So, here's the thing. Answered prayer is amazing. Longing fulfilled is a tree of life. It's a good thing. But what is the product of fruit. Fruit, we'll just call in this case, fruit is the answered prayer. What is the product of that? More trees. Fruit comes with a pile of seeds inside of it. 
And if I steward the fruit and the answered prayer appropriately, instead of just having the one apple, I could have a full orchard. But if I, I, oh, I get my answered prayer, life is good. And then I just sit around lazily. The Lord has put inside of that. It is a testimony of his goodness so that you'll say, okay, Lord, now let's pray for this. Because it's full of seeds, full of expectation. And here's why I would encourage you. When you have a prayer and a petition, you should have them written down. Otherwise, when the answer comes, you'll just say, what a coincidence. I think I've always wanted this. But there's something profound in the, my prayer list. In the, wow, thank you, Lord. I have evidence that I have been praying into this. You should have that. And here's the problem. When you have nothing left to cross off, you better lean in and write some more things down. And I'm not just talking about, well, the hybrid Jeep sounds pretty good now. Right? Yeah, things and all that. But you understand, like, that's, that is a surface-level example. But the Lord doesn't despise our surface-level requests either. But those, those testimonies are to drive our appetite. If you can do that, what about cousin so-and-so or uncle so-and-so who doesn't know you? Lord, cousin Billy. Lord, I just pray for cousin. Do you understand? And then when Cousin Billy comes to Christ, yes! Cousin Larry. <laughs> All right, Larry, you're in. And you intercede, and you and like maybe it's that thing stays on your list for years, but never, ever, ever come to a point where you have no list left. Or the Lord will be like, I'm not going to answer that last one because you won't write it. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't work that way. Write things down. Write, write big things, little things, measurable things. And cross them off and thank the Lord as you do and add more to the list. Never, never have a prayer list that doesn't have more things on it that are unanswered. Always have unanswered prayer. I, I would, we're praying for a church van here at the church. I, I'm praying into, and I have for a long time, a Wacom New Life campus in Linden. We're, we're praying and, and working towards put an orphanage in Ethiopia that we support here as Wacom New Life. Uh, praying for restoration, praying for godly spouses for our kids. We're praying for lots of things. Yes. Who hopes for what they already have? You realize unanswered prayer is a gift. It keeps me looking at Jesus, calling to Jesus. And so always have unanswered prayers. He'll answer your prayers too. So number one, momento more. Remember you will die. Number two, always have unanswered prayers and enjoy the process. Number three, and I stole this one straight away from a guy named Sean Smith. Uh, like it just impacted me and it stuck with me and I wanted to share this one with you and uh, he says this if Jesus is at your wedding it will never end in bad wine I loved this one like it, it just blew my mind I'm going to read you the, read you this story 
out of John chapter 2. And I think most of you probably have heard this story before. This was Jesus' first documented miracle, and it's super fun. But he's at this wedding. Here we go. I'm going to read it. uh, Verses 1 through 11 of John chapter 2. It says this. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. (laughs) Woman, why do you involve me? (laughs) I love Jesus. (laughs) Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. we've We've had moms, right? Mom, what, what? Don't worry, he'll do what he's going to do. He's got you. Do what he tells you to do, she says to the servants. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who uh, uh, had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheap wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. Here's our our wisdom. So in, in this day, it must have been like probably a Baptist wedding because there was wine involved, or reformed, must have been reformed, but... uh, I joke, I joke. But here's how our brains work. Let's get the good stuff in, get everybody a little tipsy, so that they don't care what they're drinking after that. Because they've had the good stuff already. That's how conventional, worldly, fleshly wisdom works. And that's how it worked at these weddings as well. Our wisdom is foolishness to the, to, to the Lord. And, and it leads to garbage. Our wisdom literally, at the very best, leads to meh. But when we lean in and invite Jesus to our wedding, and when I say our wedding, I mean every part of your life. I mean my decision for where to go to school, I mean, my, dis- my, my, my daily getting up and going to work. I mean, everything. I'm inviting Jesus to my wedding. And then I simply say, okay, when he instructs me. My circumstance will always end with better wine than it started with. Always. Because that's the God we serve. Will there be moments of, oh no, it's all gone, I only have water left. Yeah, you'll go through those times. But in those moments, listen, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want, you shall lack no good thing. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the shepherd speaks to his sheep? You better believe it. And if you will lean in to a lifestyle that says, okay, Lord, to whatever he tells you to do. Go get water and put it in washing jars? That seems really dumb. Okay, Lord. 
if you will, this, this is the childlike faith that he's looking for. Childlike faith, faith fills dirty washing jars into wine, the best wine. Childlike faith says, oh, okay, Lord. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> like, Forrest Gump's this, this beautiful movie about uh, uh, this simple guy, and, and, but his whole life is like, okay, Jenny. And so he ends up meeting several presidents. Like, he's literally just doing what is set before him in a simple and obedient way. Okay. And so you get to the end, and it's this beautiful story. Uh, but, but our lives are called to be a beautiful story of, okay, Jesus. Maybe we don't say it quite like that. Everybody say, okay, Jesus. Whatever he tells you to do, and you may be like, I'm 60% feeling faith that this is what I Then do it! There's nothing else that will satisfy you. What if I get it wrong? He'll say, bless you. Now let's do this. Do what Jesus is telling you to do. And you say, okay, Jesus. And the wedding will always end better than it began. The ashes will always be beautiful. more beautiful than you could ever make them. I'm telling you, I'm the last guy on planet Earth that should teach a future planning course. I really am. Like, like you'd be like, why have you done what you've done? Right? And, and, and you, if I walked you through my decisions in my life, some of them would be like, you are the dumbest guy. You did what? When I was 13 years old, I felt the Lord at the altar of a summer camp say, Andy, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. And, and I, I interpreted that as, I'm going to be a youth pastor. That was what my answer, I ran around the camp. I'm going to be the youth pastor. Cedar Springs camp, go to summer camp, by the way. And so I, I like, I went off and on on that. Every time I was at the altar, I was like, yes, Lord. And then I'd try to do my own thing, right? But that, that was what I would always come back to because that's what I felt the Lord telling me to do. Married my wife during that year. I honestly, I felt the Lord with all my heart say, get your teaching degree. You're going to be a teacher. And I was like, that's, that's not what you told me when I was 13. But here was my heart. Okay, Jesus. So I did. I started working on that. I went to Western. This isn't, this isn't Bible school. Far from Bible school. <laughs> Went to Western. Fast forward, I end up through that process becoming a youth pastor in Eastern Washington and teaching leadership and English at the high school. And I have kids come up to me and be like, you, You're the guy who did that youth group thing? I'm like, Yeah. Can I come to that? Mm, I guess you can. Like, 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 this wasn't an orchestrated path that, that like, I, literally my life was like, okay. We plan a church for two years, and then that dries up, and, and the Lord leads us here, and I'm like, no, but okay. Doesn't make sense. And the last thing on planet Earth I wanted to be was a senior lead pastor. If you would, if you would go back to 18-year-old Andy on graduation day, like, honestly, this August I'll have been in ministry for 20 years. And if you would have told little Andy that, it would have been like, you're punking me. I'll be on Broadway one day.
or something. But I'm telling you, like, I, my, my heart's lifestyle has just been, okay, Jesus, okay. Like, it, things that don't make sense, but I really, if I believe the Lord is doing it, you just say, okay. Because when you live that lifestyle, the wine will always be better. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade my life now for anything that I could have orchestrated myself. And God willing, I'll have another 45 years or whatever. But if you will make Jesus the Lord of your life, the wine will always be better at the end than it was at the beginning. If Jesus is at your wedding, it will never end in bad wine. Number one, memento mori, remember, you will die. And that's a beautiful thing. Number two, you should always have unanswered prayer and enjoy that process. Number three, if Jesus is at your wedding, it will never end in bad wine. Tyler, I'm going to have you come up. If you, if you do not have your communion elements, raise your hand, and uh, we got some folks in the back that will bring it to you. If you do, pull it out and stand with me. Um, we got a guy up front here, back there. Um, I'm going to pull out that bread and hold it. Memento mori. Remember, you will die. As we hold this bread that Jesus broke the night he was betrayed, and he says, this is my body broken for you. Eat it and remember that. His body was broken. For you. If you don't know this already, maybe you just stumbled on this online, I don't know. The only way to eternal life is through Christ Jesus. It's it. There's no other path but by the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. This is why this is profound and why this is important. When I say memento mori, remember you will die. If you have Christ, that's a rejoiceful thing. If you do not, that is a scary thing. And I would also encourage you to re reflect on that. If you are not in Christ, you will die and it will be terrible forever. But the good news is, through the death, the body broken, the blood poured out, and the resurrection, all can be forgiven. All can be restored. All can be brought to eternal life in the kingdom of God. And so we hold this, and we take, we're taking these elements today to remind us this. Maybe it's your first time or your hundredth time, but make it fresh right now. Remember his body, Jesus Christ, beaten, crucified for you. And so we say, Jesus, thank you for your body. Let's take it together. we hold this cup 
And we know that if Jesus is at our wedding, it will never end in bad wine. His blood was shed for your sin to be washed white as snow. Oh, you are in right standing with Christ Jesus, cleansed by the blood. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. Pour it out for me, for us. Teach us to number our days, to reflect upon you, to say, okay, Jesus, when you speak. My prayer, even now, you'd speak to our hearts. And so we hold this cup, and we take it and remember your blood, Jesus. In your name we pray. So, welcome new life. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May the Lord shine his face on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you peace that passes all understanding. Say yes to Jesus. Write those prayers down and keep praying. So God bless you. We are going to, we're having our, we have enough hamburgers for everybody. So if you didn't bring anything, you can still stick around and hang out with us. Uh, many of us brought other dishes to share as well. We're going to head down to the gym. We're going to honor our graduates and enjoy fellowship together. So we can head that direction now. God bless you. Well, it stuck to my... Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.